0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 17. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be discussing how digestion is supposed to work. If you would like to submit a question, head on over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What is new in
1: on the West Coast? Well, my baby is officially one years old today. It is his birthday. Happy birthday. So, that's that, and we have a walker now.
0: That's so exciting.
1: Yep. So, and, and we've entered in this new stage. I don't know if it just came with walking or what, of like total meltdown at everything. But I just think there's a, there was a lot of excitement for him this weekend. So.
0: Yeah, it's an, I mean, I don't know. I always tell my, my families that I work with uh, from a PT, pediatric physical therapy perspective that the more kids start to move and they're able to get what they want they're almost more frustrated when they can't or when those things happen because it's kind of like, oh, well, two months ago I couldn't walk over and get that off of the table, but now I can. But, oh, wait, you put it up a little higher and now I can't reach it? What's going on? I have to learn how to climb now?
1: Yep, totally. He's so funny, though. Oh, my gosh. He, like, is, like, obsessed with our brooms and mops and whatever thing and just, like, walks around the house with them. Like, and they're, like, you know, too – three times the size of him. And I'm like, you're acting, you're making it look like I sweep a lot and like, you know what you're doing, but I don't. So I don't know where he got it from.
0: <laughs> I think that's a pretty common thing. My kid loves to play clean up and clean and we hire someone to clean. It's what I outsource and she's right. not home when it happens. So yeah, Okay.
1: It's that's okay. That makes me feel better. I was like, hmm, natural traits. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, foster it and go with it, but it's, Somehow, yeah. Two and a half years later, still her favorite thing.
1: Perfect. It's not a bad thing. How about you? What's new with you?
0: Not a whole lot. I am just, you know, trying to get as much sleep as possible, which is sometimes but easier than others, depending on my kid naps at school or goes to bed at night or comes into our room at night. So that that is there and I'm trying to learn a little bit more about graphic design and have some like for our I don't know if you saw our my post for the podcast that aired this week I like kind of made a new post but looked like our our logo but not quite so I'm trying to learn something with that and I am trying to get a blog post up every week I'm going to give myself some leeway and say like mm-hmm. three out of four weeks, but that's my goal is to get a blog post up every
1: week and just that's awesome.
0: about whatever, whatever's kind of pressing on my work psyche.
1: I saw that you posted a new one this morning, but I have not read it, but I want to.
0: It's the one that we talked about mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. yeah. The, the so wine. It's the, yeah. Sure. The coffee and wine one. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that is,
1: comes across. Yeah, I think it's a good topic. I want to, yeah, read your read what you wrote. <laughs> Sounds good. So, yeah, keep
0: an eye on my blog, everyone. There's a bunch of new stuff out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's move on to in the kitchen. So my kitchen tip for this week is to find your go-to meals. So for me, that is stew, beef stew. It's like one of those things that I can have almost all the ingredients on hand, especially if I have stew meat in the freezer. Because I do carrots and celery, which, in my opinion, almost never go bad. Potatoes. I use a can of tomatoes. I almost always have broth in the freezer. And I make it in the Instant Pot. So it can be done really quickly. The whole family loves it. I mean, my kid might pick around the quote-unquote yucky green stuff. But in my opinion, when it's been sitting in the Instant Pot, the actual kale itself probably doesn't have as much nutritional value as the broth does. So I'm all in for it. So you just need to find that thing that you can go to when you're like, I don't really feel like cooking, but I want a healthy meal. And it's something I won't get sick of week after week if I make it every week. And so that's it for me. It'll probably change as it gets warmer out because I don't like to have soups and stews as often in the summer. And we'll probably go more to like go to grilling, which I love because there's no dishes. But that was is my tip for the week.
1: Nice, I love that. I love having like a go to meal. Ours is like making burgers because we almost always have ground beef, and it requires pretty much no other ingredients. And then like either green salad or like green beans or whatever like random vegetable we have in the freezer, <laughs> but definitely nothing special.
0: Yeah, we do the, we'll do the burgers. That's more my husband's than mine. But, I mean, if we each have our own, that gives us two meals a week. Done. Perfect. Exactly. I so love that. Tell us what your movement makeover is for the week.
1: Mine is to practice your balance. So it's something you can do whenever you're waiting around. You know, you're just waiting for something to boil. You're waiting for your toddler to put on their shoes. You know, whatever it is, just stand on one foot um, if that's too hard, you can stand with one foot in front of the other or one foot kind of just slightly off in front of the other. You want to feel a little bit wobbly. That's what where you can practice your balance. But if you're constantly falling over or having to hold on to something, then you're not really practicing your balance. So I'd suggest finding a foot position that is challenging but doable that you can probably hold for like at least five to ten seconds. Um, If standing on your one foot is really easy, you can swing your other leg, you can swing your arms, you can close your eyes, you can turn your head, you can do all kinds of things to make it a little more challenging. So, but balance is so important and I unfortunately see many people who do not work on it and I mean, in worst case scenario, you end up falling and really bad things can happen after that. So work on it now while you, you know, are still able to
0: that's great i think that balance is really an important part of life and we don't spend a ton of time in balance challenging position positions naturally um so and just just walking itself especially with like really supportive footwear i would kind of add like do it barefoot if you can if you're in the home that kind of thing or outside kind of add some variety to it. But I would say if you're pregnant, your balance is not going to be nearly as good, so maybe do it next to a wall just in case while you're figuring out what position works best for you.
1: Yeah, a great tip. And if you if you have really bad balance and like if somebody listening to this like has had falls or like it is a serious concern, you can still practice it at home. But a great place to do it is in front of the kitchen sink where you can kind of like put your hands in the sink. That way, if you kind of start going backwards, it's like your hands are, are there to catch you. Um, and it's a very stable surface. Like don't practice it holding onto a chair that could tip over if you grab it, if you go over. Um I have a feeling our population probably isn't to that extent, but just in case that is a concern, yes, always be safe. Safety first, (laughs) for sure. Grandmothers
0: are moms too.
1: That is very true, yes.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's move on to our topic for the week. So we are switching gears back to nutrition for a little bit, and we wanted to talk about how nutrition is supposed to work. So Andrea and I both have the same Nutritional Therapy Association background and we learned nutrition from a north to south perspective or a top to bottom perspective. So I don't want to spend a ton of time, but I'm going to start with the brain. And a lot of people don't realize that the brain is where nutrition really starts. We talked so much about mindfulness and we've talked about the importance of relaxation and just being present and in the moment. And one of the things that it's really important for is digestion because your body will only digest in a relaxed state. So if you are eating on the go as you're running from one stressful meeting to the next and you're just putting food in to put food in, your body isn't turning on all of those signals that it needs to create saliva, to create those stomach juices that all will get to kind of help digest it and for those people that kind of feel a lot of like indigestion or things like that right after you eat a meal sometimes just sitting down and relaxing and taking a couple of deep breaths before you eat and even cooking a meal and smelling it while you're cooking it can really help the brain get your body ready to eat. So that's that's where it starts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for the indigestion thing, I think that's such a good point. Like I've had people who you know, they're worried that they're going to have to give up certain foods. They're like, oh, every time I eat nuts or oh, someone just had it was chickpeas. She's like, every time I eat chickpeas and you know, like hummus or anything like that, you know, I bloat really bad. And she was always eating them at work while she was working and cramming food down her face. And she just stopped and ate them slowly and chewed. And she's like, they're totally fine. So she didn't even have to give up any foods. So, yes, absolutely. Which then brings us to the next thing of the mouth and chewing your food. So um, after you've sat down all nice and relaxed to your meal and gotten your brain all prepared, um, you want to chew your food really, really well. Um, You want to chew it down so it's almost to liquid form. Like you just really can't even chew it anymore. Um, If you want to count, you can go like, 15-25 bites. It just depends on the food. I think something like eggs are really hard to chew that many times and something like steak you can probably chew like 50 times before it's getting to liquid form. So really I like the more of the texture thing as a guide. And even if you're having a smoothie or something liquid that's calories, I would highly recommend chewing that as well, especially if that's just your breakfast and you're not eating it with any other solid foods. The chewing starts to release enzymes in your mouth that help break down the food, and so it's already getting pre-broken down before it even hits the next step. So if you're just swallowing down your smoothie, then you're just completely skipping those enzymes from being released.
0: Definitely, and I would say one of the recommendations that I've heard that I really like is if you're eating with a fork a knife or something like that is to put your fork down between each bite. It's very common to fork, put it in, and just kind of keep shoveling, and I know sometimes time is limited, and when you're chewing your food, you might be eating less, but that's when you kind of need to be a little bit more mindful of well, how much can I eat at this meal? If I only have this amount of time, then maybe I need to pack smaller meals and eat them more often, or maybe I need to find a way to get a little bit more time to get that food in. I think sometimes you get a half an hour lunch break. I feel like when I did outpatient PT, I didn't get a lunch break, and you were shoveling food in in between patients, um, which is not ideal, and it's not how I would set up my, my day at this point. I would figure out a way to get a break in there, and so, yeah, that's definitely really big. And I like that you mentioned that that's where digestion really starts is in the mouth. The carbohydrates is what starts to get digested when you're in the mouth. And then you swallow that chewed food that's hopefully pretty liquid at that point, And it goes into your stomach. And that's where a lot more breakdown happens. Carbohydrate breakdown continues. And then your stomach all started from when you started smelling and thinking about food in your brain is starting to release some other enzymes that's going to break down the carbohydrates more and the proteins a little bit more. And the other thing with your stomach, not only are those enzymes breaking them down and the acidity of your stomach, but also just the churning and moving of your stomach will help to break down the food as well. And for people that have heartburn, that kind of thing, it can be a little bit scary, the idea of, oh, I need more acidity to break down food. But oftentimes when you don't have enough is when you start to have issues because it sort of comes back up because it's not breaking it down well enough. The acidity is not high enough to really break that food down in your stomach.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's actually, yeah, too low stomach acid that is usually linked to heartburn, which is always surprising for people. But after your stomach digests all your food, then it goes into your small intestine. And in your small intestine, you have a bunch of different enzymes and bile that's released, which helps to further break down your proteins and your fats. So the bile is released from your gallbladder, which is why your gallbladder is so important. And unfortunately, lots of people do not have a gallbladder because sometimes the medical community just has ignored its functions and just likes to remove it. So if you don't have a gallbladder, I would highly recommend uh, seeing a nutritional therapist and figuring out the best way to supplement that because you are absolutely missing an important piece of fat breakdown, which can impact the rest of your digestive system. And then the pancreas also releases a bunch of enzymes that help to further break down your food. And it also um, at this point has been Brought back up to like a balanced, not balanced, a neutral pH, so that way it does not hurt the intestinal lining. Because if it that step doesn't happen, then you can actually hurt your small intestine and affect the absorption downstream. So in your small intestine, all your nutrients are absorbed, things are further broken down, and it starts to um, go out into your bloodstream to be transported to wherever it is needed.
0: That was a really nice overview. I don't feel like I need to add add anything to that. (laughs) So, you know, by this point, now that your food is out of your small intestine, it's pretty much digested. If it's not, it's probably not going to digest anymore. And that's where we get to start seeing it coming out the other end. So in the large intestine, this is where water is reabsorbed. Your large intestine has... Natural. We call it. We call it gut flora. It's natural microbes that live in your large intestine that help to create other vitamins, help to reuse water and the different things in your food, and just kind of help keep things flowing the way that they're supposed to. So, it's important to have you know, a a good balance of they're of good microbes and not an overgrowth. If you have too many, too much of a good thing is not always the best thing. So it's where our feces is formed and it's what's kind of what comes out the other end. And I think that taking a look at your poop is really, really important to see what your body's doing and what it might be lacking. And you shouldn't, feel like you need to run to the bathroom immediately after every meal and have these loose liquid watery stools but you also shouldn't be struggling and forcing out stools you know every three days either so having regular bowel movements i say anywhere from one to three times a day is and especially depending on what they look like if they're just normal turds, then you're probably pretty good. But you're never going to know that unless you kind of turn around and take a look.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I heard something that they should be smooth like a snake, (laughs) which always made me laugh. But yeah, absolutely. It's like pooping should not be hard. It's like you should go to the bathroom, go and be done. And honestly, it should be pretty clean too. Like if you're having to wipe 500 times and you just, you know, are like, oh my gosh, it's like never getting clean down there. Like that's kind of an issue with digestion as well. Um, and spending 30 minutes on the bathroom, unless you're a mom just trying to get away from your kids and that's your me time, it shouldn't happen either. But that's probably, that's not really good for you to sit on the toilet for that long. So don't, sit on your bathtub or something like that if you're (laughs) trying to hide from (laughs) trying to get some me time um but yeah you really should not be straining and yet and then it shouldn't be the other end too where you're having to like rush to go and if you do feel like it is hard to come out then a squatty potty can be a great tool to use do you use one beth do you have one?
0: I have two. I don't use them <laughs> currently, but I, I do have times where I pull them out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, ours are just there, so I, yeah, I use it. But it's a great little tool and cheap and easy. Um, if you are not sure what your poop is supposed to look like, there is a great chart. I'm trying to think of what it's called right now. The Bristol Stool Chart. That's it. So you can just Google Bristol Stool Chart, and it has kind of a description of different types of poop and little like cartoon pictures, and you can compare what it's supposed to look like. But other things, it's like if you're seeing undigested food in your stool, that's definitely a sign that you're not digesting things properly, so that's a great thing to look out for. Um, And then the color, too. So if the color is off, which, again, that chart will help you with, then that can also indicate other issues.
0: Perfect. So, I know we kind of mentioned going along the way a couple things that to really look out for, but as nutritional therapists, we really, it's really important to say it's usually the easiest to look at the poop and see what that looks like, but that doesn't mean that we're starting at the large intestine. Our typical recommendation and It's one of the easiest because you don't have to buy anything is to kind of start at the brain and mouth and relax before you eat and chew your food. Um, If that isn't working all on its own and you would be amazed at if you really sit down and do it, what a difference that can make, then that's when we start to look at what the rest of the
1: body kind of needs. Absolutely. You cannot out supplement like eating in a sympathetic, unrelaxed state and like not chewing your food. Like it doesn't matter what supplements you're using and what amazing food you're eating. Like that is going to wreak havoc on the rest of your digestive system. And I do want to add that some people I do feel like can get away with that and not have digestive symptoms. And if you are like, you know what, my digestion is fine. Yeah. Like I eat stressed and standing up and on the go, but like, I have no issues. I poop, you know, one or two times a day. They're, they're not an issue, but you have other symptoms. Your body's just displaying it in a different way. So maybe you do have like actually a pretty strong digestive system, but like all those things down the chain aren't happening, which means you're probably not getting the nutrients that um, from your food, which is going to affect other things. So if you have things like eczema or brain fog, even things like anxiety, depression, hormone imbalance, um, autoimmune issues, all of that actually does indicate digestive issues. And as NTPs, because of how physiology works and what we know about physiology, we're probably always going to start back at digestion because – If that is not working, it's really hard to fix everything else down the chain. And any fixes, so like let's say you do happen to find a supplement that, you know, helps with your hormone imbalance and, you know, helps your symptoms, it's still just a band-aid. You're not addressing the real cause as to why those symptoms started in the first place. And nothing's wrong with that. Sometimes you need to just, like, feel better before you can address the other things. That's totally fine, but... You want to make sure you're looking at, okay, why did this hormone imbalance even happen in the first place? Like, what am I missing? And I don't know. It's like 100% of the time it goes back to digestion. And then I would say within digestion, it's like it almost always goes back to eating in a stressed out state and not chewing your food. So always, always, always start there because you can do that now. You can start that today. You don't need any special evaluation. You don't need, yeah, like you said, it's free. So just, great place to start. Cannot stress that enough.
0: Definitely. And I, being someone that also listens to podcasts, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, just give me, just tell me what to take. Just give me more information and, oh, okay, fine. Like I'll, I'll try to relax. I'll try to chew my food more, but, but give me something else. And what I'd like to do is kind of have another episode where we can give some more, I don't want to say blanket recommendations because it's really about individual nutrition, but there are things that people can do to foster a good microbiome in their small and large intestine and to support bile production. There are some foods that you can incorporate that are not necessarily supplements, but just can help things run a little bit more smoothly from time to time. So maybe We'll focus on that next week, and we'll talk about how how to ch- add some different things into your diet to make everything feel just a little bit better. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. That would uh, be great. All right. So we will not go over time this week, and let's see. Andrea, how are you taking care of yourself this week?
1: Uh, you know, as I was setting some clear boundaries, we had family visiting, And I was a little worried because I think I may have mentioned it last episode that, you know, I'm definitely noticing my baby when he's just overstimulated. We go to too many new places. It's like that night is just an absolute disaster. And my parents are definitely people who like to go go around, see things. And they're kind of like, whatever, let's go do things. And I just made it clear before they even got here, like, hey, you know what? Like my baby needs to nap at these times. Like, this is not, you guys are coming out here to see us and to celebrate his birthday, like not to go tour the city. So this is what we're doing. Like, I'm not going to leave the house during these times. And they actually did really well. They were like, okay, sure. Sounds good. <laughs> and it's like, I was like stressing out in my head about that. So um, our nights were much better. They weren't, maybe still kind of missed some naps here and there just because I think of, you know, having so many different people around, but it was very manageable.
0: It's amazing when you set clear boundaries ahead of time, how much people respect them. Um, I feel like one of the things that I've been doing is not feeling, trying to get stressed about, oh, well, do I say something? Do I just let it go? Well, It's like, you know what? Just say it. If it, if something, if you didn't say it and you're going to regret it, just get it out there. People are understanding. So I love that you set those boundaries, especially on such a kind of busy and exciting weekend (laughs) that it's, you know, it's like, oh, well, this will be fun. But you know what the repercussions are going to be. And it's like, well, I don't know. We've been working so hard on this sleep stuff. I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. And for me, I have been scheduling in my yoga. and I am really excited that I've been either going once or twice a week, and also doing, um, I like the Down Dog Yoga app, so adding that in when I know that I can't go, and it is amazing how much better my body feels, and I love, I really prefer to go versus doing the app, because I've got mom bonding, and friends there, and I get to see people, and my yoga instructor is also the person that we hired for our doula, and every time I go, I'm like, I'm just so excited of who we hired, I feel like there's almost no stress at this point in my pregnancy which is I barely think about it except for those kicks and punches that I feel from time to time and the fact that it's like oh well here's another shirt to go in the save for later pile but it's it's really nice because I I feel like I remember having a lot more stress around pregnancy last time but knowing that I'm in good hands and feeling good it's such a difference this time around so I mean aside from the fact of being a little bit more tired just because when I come home I hang out with my little one otherwise I I feel pretty good
1: that's awesome and if you don't mind I'm going to add to that I was just thinking about that the other day of like how much of a difference it really does make when we do this and take care of ourselves because trying to think of what I was, I don't remember what I was doing, but it was something like, what is the biggest stressor in your life right now? And I was like, I don't really know if I have one. And like, but there technically are all kinds of stressors. Like I get terrible sleep. We definitely have financial stuff that we are constantly working on and is in the back of our minds. Like I work, I have my own business. I have a one-year-old, I have a dog that was growling at my one-year-old and we're trying to figure out, you know what I mean? It's like all these things that like are issues, but they're really not, I don't know. They don't feel like these, these huge stress points. And I know like three years ago, had I been in the exact same scenario, I would probably be this like nervous wreck, but like in the mindfulness and just being able to kind of step back, breathe and look at it all, all of it from just a different perspective. It's been amazing to realize how much things can shift, I guess. So I love that.
0: That's perfect. And I do think it's kind of a pretty phenomenal thing that we're finding out in my opinion, at a fairly young age, I feel like it's something that my mom once told me, you know, once we were all out of the house and I was like, mom, you're so much calmer than you used to be. And she's like, yeah, well, I finally figured out what it that, The little things and even some of the big things, it's not worth stressing about. You just have to set up your environment in a way that you're taking care of it so that you don't have to stress about it. Like, my OB was saying something about asking if I wanted information for the uh, glucose tolerance test, which is going to be coming up in about a month. And I was like, yes. They're like, you might remember it from last time. I said, no, there's no reason for me to keep that in my brain for four years. So I just let it go. There, mm-hmm. are, there are those, uh, I think an old sync song came on the other day, and I still knew all the words. I can't get rid of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there are things that it's like, you know what? I write it down. I keep a list. I, know, I remember where my list is. It's on my phone. It doesn't go anywhere. And and I just, once it's there, it's like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's being taken care of. We're working on it. So go us.
1: Yeah, right? That's awesome. I love that. Yay.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to go into a little bit more about things you can eat to take care of that healthy gut. Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real Eats. And Andrea at Life Liberty Health on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode, and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.
1: I just totally spilled sardine juice on my laptop. <laughs> oh, only at NTP spilled <laughs> sardine juice.